Welcome to Get Over It, the intuitive transformation podcast for exceptional 21st century living. We've got a great show tonight. Uh, we've got Yvonne Talley with us, and she's going to be talking about her latest book that's Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. Now, this show is directed toward women, but men, pay attention, because you know if your lady's over scheduled, what time does she have for you? So if you want some more intimacy in your life, guess what? Help your lady out. Okay? Now the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you release your BS that is holding you back. But the real question is, are you truly, really ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. Now, a bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth, I'm a third-generation intuitive with over three decades of experience helping people break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing information, which enables you to become a master builder of your life. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I authored Getting Your M&Ms, The Men and Money Book, and Masterful Choices, The Key to Easy, Effective Change. I provide consultations and healings regarding relationships, business, career, money, and love that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your life to the fullest. Now, my clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, MoniqueChapman.com. I invite you to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also sign up for my opt-in newsletter, Intuitive Living, from my website. And again, that's MoniqueChapman.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Women say, said that they can do it all, and so they got it all, all being family, career, and self-fulfillment. Only the price many women pay to run this race includes health challenges, career delays, more financial responsibility, and more societal expectations that they should be all to do it all without missing a meeting, losing their cool, or even looking frazzled. Now, my guest um, this evening, Yvonne Talley, is the author of Breaking Up With Busy, and leads a meditation and de-stressing programs for corporations, individuals, and private groups in the Silicon Valley. She's an NLP master practitioner. Yvonne founded um, Poise Incorporated, a Pleiades, I'll get that out, and wellness training studio. And she is the founder of the Sisterhood of Traveling Services, a charity that provides headscarves for cancer patients. She lives in Northern California, and you can check her out at her website, and that's YvonneTally.com. Let me spell that for you, Y-V-O-N-N-E-T-A-L-L-Y.com. Welcome, Yvonne. Thank you, Monique. It's great to be with you today. 
Hey, it's great to be with you. You know, when I first got your book, um, the first thing that came to mind as I was going through it was that old Anjali commercial. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this from the 80s, but it was um, Bring Home the Bacon and, uh, what was it, Bring Home the Bacon and Fry It Up in a Pan Mm -hmm. and Never Let You Forget to Feel Like a Man. And it was this beautiful blonde and she was moving her body in a seductive way and she was telling women, yes, you can have it all, you can do it all. And she was actually telling men, oh, don't worry about it, we got this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that the beginning of the overscheduled woman? <laughs> well, I think possibly. I think it actually uh, was preceded by that commercial. And um, part, of, part of it is the the issue of it is is that we said we wanted it all and we said we could do it all well we we certainly can we're very we being women are very um proficient at a lot of things we know that uh, but we forgot that one piece we did really well with the family end of it we've done really well with the career part of it but the third part of it the wellness and self-care is the part that we put in what I call the optional column of the day. If we get to it, then we'll take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is back up from that and realize that that one piece is what makes the motor go. That is the one piece that we have to honor and care for if we're going to honor and care for others. So Mm -hmm. it's important that we have that in our lives. Well, you know, women have been so conditioned over centuries to take care of others. We're the nurturer, we're the giver, we're the this, we're the that. You can't let a friend down. You you know, you've got to be there for everybody. How important is it to us to just pull back? And when our friends and relatives say, oh, my God, who do you think you are? There you go. And I talk quite a bit about that. You know, we, it, we're not only doing it in, by, to ourselves each day by being, keeping this busy pace. And there's some real, you know, there's some valid components to this as well, which we can talk about the economics and the technology and the disconnection from nature. Uh, but we're also keeping it alive by engaging in it and then looking, you know, kind of side, what I call giving the others the side eye when they choose or they opt out of that busy fast pace. So busy gets set up uh, because there's a real kind of uh, seduction to busy. It's the promise that if we stay busy, we'll be part of this elite pack of doers and change makers. And when we are associating or our reference group, the people that we associate with throughout our day and lives are busy then we will be too because we want to be a part of that group. And that's kind of the code to stay within the group. And then it just becomes a habit. And what's happened is it's become a culture now. And I loved your opening about, you know, men, if you, if you want to help, the lady, your, help your lady out, then, you know, listen in. It's, it's a culture that is not gender-based, but it mm-hmm. definitely has a higher impact on women because of the economics. There's some real key things that that have, you know, put us in the position or we've put ourselves in the position also. But, you know, it's amazing. You talk about the economics, but still women are in overall are paid less than a man. And it's a, a pretty large percentage. So did we really do ourselves a favor? Well, absolutely. So that's why I said it's both because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, women are paid less. We're paid 80 cents on the dollar. And if you're a woman of color, that that. Um, gets pushed down to 63 cents. So by determination of how we've gone from the 40s where the pay difference was in the 40s to where it is now, 
it is the prediction it's going to be another 100 years before we have a, a, a playing field that's even when it comes to same pay, same, same job. I have faith that it won't take that long. Um, in addition to that, it's, uh, so we have that as far as economics. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think absolutely we needed to stand up for ourselves, you know, way back when and start to have a voice in the 70s and even before that in the 60s. And I think now we're seeing it move in, in another direction again. Our voice is loud again. And thanks to technology, our, we can mobilize and create movement in a stronger, more rapid way. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the upsides of technology. But we have a long way to go. And, and so, again, we have, uh, we've gotten here and... We've proven that we can do it. Now there's some real kind of details that we have to iron out. And that one piece is we absolutely have to uh, know that the wellness of self, mind, body, and spirit is, is critical to mm-hmm. maintain not only the, the quality of life. I mean, we know we can do a lot, but it's the quality. So we have to slow down, take a breath, and ask ourselves, what is it that we really want? Mm-hmm. What is it, you know, on an intrinsic level, on an existential level, what is it that we really want to bring into our lives and even into this world, really? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I work with women and men, and, you know, that's the hardest thing for a woman to answer is what she really wants because mm-hmm. it's difficult for her to separate the mom, the wife, the daughter, the whatever, and just get down to the essence of who she truly is. Um, well, and, you know, labels are kind of a quick way for us to answer a question. I'm a mom. Well, what does uh-huh. that mean? Uh, well, what kind of mom am I? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gracious. I'm compassionate. I'm reliable. I'm honest. Whatever that is. Well, those are uh-huh. qualities of you as a person. So that when I work with clients, I, I want to, I let them speak their language. I listen, and then I go underneath that. Because mm-hmm. um, to really decide what it is that you want, you, uh, you've got to decide what it is that you need to get there. And we have to uh, release the labels and the kind of the items that we're searching for and moving towards, like a house and, you know, the, the great job. All those are, fan- those are important and they're, and they're uh, necessary. Mm-hmm. But what's behind it? What's underneath that? Because once you understand what's underneath it and you get the thinking behind that straight, then you can sustain that evolution. You can sustain yourself to continue to move towards what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I was talking to you a little earlier before the show started, and I was telling you, like you, um, I had to have a health episode in order to get things going. Um, I read in your book that, you know, what you were actually putting on your makeup and you thought you were having a heart attack. So you did the right thing and called 911. But you were really stressed because your makeup wasn't complete and your house was not as orderly as you wanted it to be. And people were coming in to see. And it turned out that you truly just had a panic attack. And with myself, I, you know, one day just kind of shut down. I was just so busy doing everything for everybody else. I shut down, and because of shutting down, it ended up over time I started having panic attacks. Why is it that we have to get to the point of having a major health episode before we sit back and take care of ourselves? Well, in that moment when that happened to me, and, and thankfully I haven't had another one, it was, a, it was a big thump on the head from the universe, that's for sure, actually like a boulder being thrown off the mm-hmm. side of a cliff onto my head. <laughs> but um, what was so ironic, because as they were wheeling me out in the, in, you know, to, in, to the ambulance, all I could think about was, oh, my gosh, my house is such a mess. And that's when I had that moment where you're, I was thinking, this was what I was saying to myself, 
your life is really out of balance if you're worried about that right now. And that was a real wake-up call for me. So that panic attack, which, by the way, anybody that's had a panic attack knows that it's, it's, you feel like you're having a heart attack. You yes. feel as though you're going to die. So it's very dramatic. It's very scary. And um, this is not unusual, uh, unfortunately. So what for me was I was in the business of, you know, helping people live a vibrant and healthy life. And I even, you know, organic eating, exercising, meditating, positive thinker, I even got to that place. So that's what set me on this path. Like, I've got to get some, some uh, solutions not only for myself but for others as well. So we, this, why don't we get the message sooner? I always believe that we get the message when we're supposed to get the message. And how it's delivered, you know, information can be given to us, experiences can be given to us. Until we are ready to embrace those, accept them, listen to them, light up to them, open mm-hmm. to them, we're not going to get them. So sometimes, you know, we get a, we get a, a bigger push than we, than we thought we were going to get. But whatever it might be, it's the opportunity to be able to change and move forward. And it's up to us to either use it as an opportunity, see it as an opportunity to learn and expand, or it's just going to keep happening. And that's how we end up getting stuck. Because it's, it's frightening to me, you know, for many people, it's scary to make change. Uh-huh. The unknown is what scares most people. And the belief that I can be vulnerable and I'll still be okay can be very unsettling for people so that they stay where they are rather than, you know, dangle their foot in the water, so to speak, and take one because it seems so overwhelming. So I try to help people to make that one small step, that one step forward and, you know, at a time rather than these big, huge shifts. Well, you know, we tend to want to do things um, in a huge shift. We're such a drive-through society. We've got to have it. We've got to have it now. Don't want to wait 10 minutes. And um, I think that the paradigm is starting to shift a little bit, but starting to shift toward, you know, wellness and wholeness and mindfulness and taking care of self. But it just seems like it's taking forever to get there. But I guess slow is better than a no-go, huh? Well, yeah, very well said. And not only that, I think there's, there's some things that um, make a difference here. You know, with the baby boomers, of which I am one, mm-hmm. has, there's such a huge, uh, you know, 80 million, I think, something like that, mm-hmm. um, that, that are making this shift from, you know, into our, uh, you know, third act, so to speak, I think is what Jane Fonda wrote in her book, The Third Act. Uh, and we want quality of life. We don't want the quantity of life. So we're speaking up. We're looking for these things. We're doing yoga. We're, you know, taking meditation trips. We're going to silent retreats. We're, we're experiencing our inner self and connecting the two, uh, climbing mountains, jumping out of airplanes, whatever it might be for the person. But, but, but it's the quality that we're seeking. So our message is being heard. And I, I believe that we will now help the generations coming up behind us, particularly the millennials, because mm-hmm. uh, I have to give them a lot of credit, by the way, because they talk about anxiety so much and it's so apparent in their in their culture and in their generation. They have helped others just to to speak about anxiety and panic attacks, and 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 um, they have helped. Uh, I think extinguish that kind of shame that's so attached to feeling anxious and out of control and, and you know, have that sense of panic. So um, I think that we can help them as we deliver this message that here's some balance, here's a way to connect with nature, here's a way to, to connect with your inner self. Because nobody's, as I said, nobody's going to get the message until they're ready to receive mm-hmm. it. 
Okay. Or even see it in others because I've watched the millennial young women and they are so different than the young women were when I was, and I'm an old baby boomer, when I was becoming of age. I mean, they're strong. They speak up for what they want. They um, know how to put things into segments and compartments, and mm -hmm. they're not afraid to use that two-letter word that we're going to talk about a little bit later, <laughs> but that two-letter word is no. <laughs> now, in your book, you talk about an OSW, the overscheduled woman. How do we know we are one? Yeah, well, I think most of us have felt like an overscheduled woman at some point in our life, especially when, you know, family and career are being built simultaneously. And even if you don't have children, uh, you're still going to be the most likely uh, person in your family to care for an aging parent or sibling. Mm -hmm. So how did we get that? Well, it's that get it done attitude that's deeply embedded in the OSW ideology. So, you know, the, we frequently opt out of doing something for ourselves when someone else that we you know, that's within our inner circle that we love, chooses um, or requests our time. So that's the first thing that starts to happen. And we have this, this often puts ourselves in, this, in the last of doing anything, and we have this varicated sense of doing too much and not enough. So we're kind of of the mindset, make it happen, get it done, be the best, give it your all, and then do it again. So what happens is this imbalance between obligation and expectation and the lack of personal replenishment, that's what leaves many women feeling as though they just can't keep up with their own lives. That's the OSW. Okay. So ladies, if, you, um, that, if that sounded familiar to you, okay, guess what? And men, especially men, if you're looking at your lady and she's just frazzled and out of sorts, you know, Give her a break. Help out. Because the, the energy that's coming in now is, you know, more of the goddess energy. So we've got female energy. We've got male energy. And it's about, co was it, collaboration, cooperation, and getting things done. I mean, there's, yeah. to me, there's um, so many dads today that are staying home and raising their kids while the mom goes out to work. And, you know, 30 years ago, that would have been unheard of. Yeah, and that's very true. And, and the, you know, in the book, it was never meant to exclude men because, you know, men are busy as well. And, mm -hmm. they, and also, uh, men can learn a lot by understanding these particular challenges and pressures that women face, especially those big three, career, family, and personal wellness. Men are busy. They're just not as busy as women, about 15% less. And there's, mm -hmm. there's two things that are really important, I think, to point out for this busy aspect of women, um, the difference between men and women. Women still do 80% of what's called non-paid work. That's the work at home, caring for kids, uh, their children and their family, not just children, but their family. So, and that's considered non-paid work. We still do 80% of that, about 80% of that. Two-thirds of women working outside of the home have school-aged children. So now you put that into that that um, realm where they're, you know, child care and having to care for their kids as well. And then you put that payment or the, um, the difference between what we're being paid. We have to work more hours to make the same amount. Mm -hmm. So those things really, they're very significant and they're just facts. That's just, un it's unfortunate, but that's the way it's lined up now. It is shifting, it is changing, uh, but it's going to take a while for it to get, to catch up. So there are specific differences. 
Okay. Well, I know a, a good way that we could uh, shrink that time, if you will, with catching up. Um, in the introduction, I told everyone that you were an NLP practitioner, um, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and those techniques actually work. So why don't you tell us about that and how we could utilize that type of program to, to slow ourselves down? Yeah, well, first of all, for people that don't know what neurolinguistic programming is, um, NLP uses a variety of techniques for improve, it's for communication and personal growth. That's, just, that's really the, the crux of what it is. And the neuro refers to the neurology and how we process our experiences via our senses. And the linguistic refers to the language we use to communicate those experiences. We apply meaning to that information. We decipher via our senses to develop our own unique language. We all have it. That's the programming part. So programming is how we communicate the information to ourselves and others to achieve our goals. And the results are strategies for what we want to do and what we want to create. And sometimes what we don't want to create. So I've found that putting the NLP is even more potent when blended with mindful practices such as meditation and positive visualization. So I blend those in the book. So how you can use that, well, all of the exercises and the, the, um, the solutions and practices in the book are really based with uh, NLP mm-hmm. in it. So there's, there's aspects of that in there. There's also a lot of practical aspects, and I'll give you an example of that. Um, I have a technique or an exercise in there called healthy boundaries, which really when we start talking about, you know, how do we get ourselves here? Well, we, you know, we got on that bandwagon of of career and family and uh, because we wanted to have the freedom and the access to our own independence and decision-making on a much wider basis. And as women often do, we did it. So we didn't set the boundaries, though. We didn't, we didn't really get the playbook done, so to speak. So boundaries are like the handrails on a staircase. Everyone feels better when we have them there. So when we establish set boundaries and we stick to them and we communicate that clearly, using clear communication, then we can accomplish what we need to. So this would be an idea of blending this meaning, the mindfulness and the practical solutions with a little bit of the NLP, which is where you flag your feelings. When, when you start to get into a situation or a conversation or, or confrontation or whatever it might be where you're feeling like, oh, this, this is uncomfortable, you want to flag your feelings. Um, you know, a yellow flag might mean to pause and evaluate, and a red flag might is to stop and communicate. Mm-hmm. It's a sure sign that you've reached the limits and that it's time to communicate that. So NLP helps you give, you know, deliver a message in a positive manner rather than talking about what you don't want to do. And, and NLP is all about, you know, what is it we're trying to create. We don't need to go back and rehearse the story over and over and over uh, but we need to, you know, address what's in front of us right now. So we state the why and um, w- why we won't accept whatever is causing us to discomfort and then just communicate that clearly. So those are just, you know, two little tiny things you can do is flag your feelings and then follow with clear communication. And consistency, of course, is the key. So that would be an example of that. Okay. Well, folks, we're speaking with Yvonne Talley. She's the author of Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. You can check out her website, and that's YvonneTalley.com, Y-V-O-N-N-E-T-A-L-L-Y.com. Um, Yvonne, earlier um, we said 
that um, dirty word and that's in O no um, so many women think that no is such a dirty word when I'm working with women over 50 I tell them that you know first of all no is a complete sentence you don't need to explain and no can be guilt-free you just say no but I also tell them that once they reach the age of 50 they are born again and that's because if they have children their children are either teenagers or older and can pretty much take care of themselves if they have a partner in their life they decided to either keep the partner or they're figuring out how to get rid of the partner and then it's me time and what I mean by me time is selfish time and for me selfish is self-care so could you first talk about the no and then talk about the self-care yeah, well, I always say if you're operating under the idea that everything is important, then nothing will be important. So we have to self-monitor. We have to edit. We have to learn to deliver a healthy no. Uh, and, you know, as you touched on earlier, it's, you know, many times early in life women are taught that, no, you know, get along, be nice, don't make any waves. And so we don't practice or develop our no muscles, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And no, as you said, is a complete sentence. It's, there's, there's nothing uh, wrong or to be judged about saying no. It doesn't mean you're not being helpful. It's, again, a way of setting boundaries. And there's a way that you can, you can do that where someone is going to feel more inviting. And that, there's where your NLP comes in, too, just some different words that you can use. Um, and are, do we always have to make it okay for somebody to accept our no? No, but when we're starting out learning to say no, that what I call the healthy no, you know, we want to be able to get comfortable with that. So we have to develop, again, that, that mind muscle and that ability to get comfortable in our own skin, perhaps saying something or doing something that we haven't done before. And it's important to be able to do that if you're going to establish good boundaries for yourself and model good boundaries for your children or other people that you may be influencing. Um, the second part of your question, could you repeat that, Monique? Uh, yeah, it was about um, self-care. What, what do you um, envision self-care as being? Because when I talk to women about self-care, they say, oh, I can't be selfish. And it's like, well, yes, you can. Um, it depends on how you define selfish. So could you talk to us about self-care and why that's so, so important? Yeah, my mother used to always say um, uh, unselfish mothers make selfish children because <laughs> selfish does get a bad rap. It's caring for the self. You, it, and again, I go back to this all the time. It's how the people that we're influencing in our lives, what are we modeling for them? So that's the ripple out effect. Mm-hmm. If you cannot care for yourself, if you are not rested, if you haven't supplied your body with good, lovely engagement with people that you care for and that care for you. If you haven't eaten well, if you haven't exercised your body, if you haven't allowed yourself to meditate, your brain is going to take a hit with that. Your prefrontal cortex manages complex processing. When you're under stress and tired, it doesn't function as well. So, you know, one to three minute meditation every day, a mantra using a positive format rather than, uh, you know, I don't want this to happen. You want to use a mantra that says, I embrace or I accept or I expect 
whatever that might be, just a short sentence. So these are just small things that you can do each day for mental self-care. Now, and then we have the physical self-care. And both of those are one unit. We have a tendency to think that if we go out and we run, we exercise, we go to yoga, whatever it might be, then I'm good. I've taken care of my brain and my body. True. However, to really take care of your brain and your mind and to allow that mind to become quiet where you can embrace creativity and embrace your, on a conscious level, Uh your source of connection, whatever that might be, that happens in quiet. So the brain needs quiet. There's so much uh, stimulus going on. There's so much distraction that you have to be able to shut it off one to three minutes to start with if you've never done it before, and ideally 15 to 45 minutes every day. Now, when I tell people that, they go, it must be nice that you have all this time to do meditation. Well, I've managed to get to a place where I've built that in. It's not optional for me. It is a, it's like paying my medical uh-huh. insurance. It's something that needs to be done for my spirit and my soul and my body and my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, if you um, think about that TV program, um, perhaps you could tape it or just give up watching it. There's your 30 to 45 minutes. (laughs) Well, or we could go to to our phones. You know, we check our phones 80 times a day. If you're a millennial, that's 150, and that averages out to five hours a day. We touch it. Wow. We touch the phone 2,600 times every single day. That's an average. There's wow. less, there's more. So just by being, and I always believe that if we, are, if we are given information, tools and facts, we can start to allow ourselves to open and expand. So uh-huh. that one fact right there makes us stop to think, gee, <laughs> five hours a day? Even an hour a day, you know, turn, put your phone away. I remember when I first started doing that, my, um, my inner circle, I, especially my daughter, she'd say, you know, I can't get a hold of you, Mom. I'm like, oh, goodness, I forgot to tell you. This is my four hours with no electronics, or this mm-hmm. is my day with no electronics. And it's so relieving. It's like light air coming in, not to have the computer or the phone on. So I, and I encourage everyone, try it. If, you, if it scares you to do that, if you're uncomfortable to do that, that's your signal. You need to do it. You need to do it for yourself. Well, you're, you know, if you take the time for yourself, you find yourself. And I shared with you before the show that I'll look at emails, and I have a specific email day. And if it's nothing urgent and important, I let that email go until email day. And then people say, well, why haven't you responded to me? Because it wasn't within my time frame. You know, you. and they, they're like, oh, really? You know, and some people get upset, but they can get over it. Or not, it's completely up to them. Now, earlier you mentioned um, time in nature, and especially for people who live in the bigger cities, um, it's difficult, I think, sometimes to find that time in nature. But how does nature uh, rejuvenate us, whether it's going into the woods, the beach, the park? Yeah, well, if, you th- if we just think about what we are as, as human beings or a spirited person uh, or connected, and however you see that, think about what, how we experience life. We experience it through our senses. Okay. We smell, we touch, we feel, we see, we hear. What happens when we go into nature? It is a festival. It is a buffet. It is a magnificent moment in nature. All of those things are stimulated. 
your sight, your sound, everything. Just walking into your garden for, you know, three or four minutes every day. Look up. I always tell everybody, look up. Look at that mm-hmm. sky. If you're ever in question of what creation is all around us, what abundance is all around us and within us and through us, just take a look up at that beautiful open sky and be mindful of gratitude for this beauty. That alone will shift your, well, first of all, you'll lower your blood pressure if you walk outside or inside, doesn't matter, but we're talking about nature right now. Right now, and mm-hmm. you take a nice deep breath that engages your vagus nerve, which triggers within your nervous system and starts to slow your heart rate, lowers your blood pressure, and decreases your cortisol just by stepping out and taking a big deep breath in. And I and what I see happen most of the time is people say, well, I don't have time to do that. We do have the time. We have to make the choice to make the time, to really plan the time. It's not going to make a big difference on your schedule for the day if you spend one to ten minutes in nature. It is going to make a big difference on your mental, emotional, and physical response to the day because that's a, that's that's taking a break that's stimulating mm-hmm. your senses looking at a beautiful garden or a, a, as you said an ocean or taking a walk in you know along a trail whatever that might be and then the brain starts to get some space the mind starts to open solutions start to appear creativity starts to bloom and all this happens just by connecting with nature. I could go even further by saying if we care for nature, if we speak for na- to nature, if we show nature our gratitude, it, be- it will be more important to us and we will be more likely to care for it. And we need to care for nature. It's yes. an important part of who we are here on earth. Well, Mother Nature, I mean the feminine energy, we are females, it's time to tune back into that that rhythm of the earth, if you will. Beautiful, yes, I agree. Ancestors had it, and you know, we we can solve our issues, our personal issues, I I don't know about solving the world's problems, but we could solve our personal issues if we just take the time and get out of the shoulds, you know, because a lot of people keep shooting on themselves instead of just taking time, getting clear, then taking action, you know. Yeah, clear you know, action. yes, and, and when, you, when you asked me earlier about NLP, it's all about communication. So, you know, I often ask people this question when you, I often hear, well, I should slow down, I should be less busy, and I, and I say to them, okay, w- try this on for size. Say it this way, I could slow down, I could be less busy, so when we get ourselves wrapped up into that voice, that, that language we're using with ourselves, the shoulds, well, I should do this, I should do that, try replacing that word with the could and then follow it with, is it important for today? Is it important for tomorrow? Is it important for the week, the month, the year? Because that's going to help you start to gauge and edit just mm. how important that rushing around might be, just how important that project might be. It'll help you prioritize. Put the could where the should is, and then ask yourself how important it is and what that looks like. Okay. Well, folks, we're speaking with Yvonne Talley. She's the author of Breaking Up with Busy, uh, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. You can check her out. Women, I'm sorry. Uh, you can check her out at her website, and that's com. Why don't we jump to your website for a moment, and then we'll come back and do this. When we go to com, what are we going to find? 
Uh, you're going to find out everything about me. There's going to be links there for what you know, the, what my services and what I do. Mommy and talk a little bit about my philosophy. Folks. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and and um, I have a uh, a uh, online um, vibrant living seminar coming up beginning in June, so they can find mm-hmm. more information about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's like uh, the websites are now our business cards, so you can find out everything about me there. Okay. And do you um, work with folks one on one? I do. I work with individuals and groups, private groups, corporations, mm-hmm. you know, about improving, whether it's just coming in and improving communication and team building, <clears throat> or if it's about getting connected on a spiritual, more spiritual level, I would, I would do that also. I do find that the two often merge together because there's just, you're able to get more of a connection with uh, expanding what it is that you want to create for your life and, and in that sense, create, bring to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I work with I work with everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you're wanting that help, give her a call or you know check out her website definitely. Now you talk about two types of the overskilled woman. You talk about the pleaser, and you talk about the other end of the spectrum, which is the alpha. Could you um, share with the audience some information on both so they can identify maybe where they're at on the spectrum? Yeah, and what I have found, I have five types in the book, five OSW types, and I found that, um, and these are, this is based upon the women I've worked with over the last 20 plus years. And what I found is that when, uh, when women go through and they read this book, they find a little bit of themselves in maybe one or two of them. But the, um, we'll start with the, the alpha. So the, okay. the alpha is the, kind of the, um, you know, get it done over, get it all done and being all to everything. And uh, she's a natural leader, of course. She communicates her communication style straightforward, highly motivated and career-oriented, and uh, very confident in her character. And uh, she, many alphas don't have a problem being alone, and they have no problem with self-motivating. So they're really great about getting things done and doing it in a way that they they can just really take access of what they need to do to do that. So those are the resourceful characteristics. Her unresourceful ones may be that she has a subconscious fear of failing or being average. So this is why she overly, she's, and when this gets in the way, the drive, which is her plus and her minus, which is true for all of us, can be overly competitive and overly aggressive or domineering. So competitive is great, aggressive is great, but when it's overly, then that's when it starts to get in our way and that's how we get set up in our traps. So Self-care for that is really, so it might sound simple, but so important. It's to lighten up. And one of the ways that she can do that is um, choosing not to make the decision, not to be the decision maker in, in uh-huh. environments that she doesn't need to. Because what happens, it's true for all of us, when we start doing one thing, we let it carry over from our work into our personal life, into our family life, and then we become the domineering one. And really, we have to have times where we will receive, we go with the flow. And we ask ourselves again that question, is it important? So, and she needs to give her whole self a timeout where she can disconnect and just be. So 
that kind of gives you a real quick overview of what the alpha is. And mm-hmm. as you said, on the other end of the spectrum is the pleaser. You know, she's the one with the heart of gold. She's healthful. Um, she's the, if you've got a crunch, she's the one to, to call that can help you out. She's like a, the ace assistant. And mm-hmm. her unresourceful characteristics is she spends a lot of time doing things for others and finds it difficult to allow others to do things for her. And she has a fear of messing up. That, that probably got set up early in childhood, as most of these things do. And so her self-care is to use her inner circle to practice saying no and explore, you know, her earlier experiences and give herself permission to let go of the past. So that would be, you know, just two, like you said, on each end of the spectrum there. Um, her power beliefs, one of the mindsets I have that the uh, pleaser do is, is uh, the power of beliefs. And, and once she can get really clear on what it is that she believes – Mm-hmm. and has her reflective questions. I have seven reflective questions for that in the book. Then she can start to manage a little bit more of whether it's important and whether it's not important and whether she's caring for herself in whatever interaction she's having. <clears throat> okay. And, and folks, you know, when you get the book and you read the book, um, it really allows for reflection time, um, just as calming and soothing as Yvonne's voices, and you go through it step by step, and you're like, oh, okay, and then the aha moment comes, okay? Now, it might take you a minute to process that aha moment, but at least it's there. It's in your consciousness, and you can start to work on it, and that's one of the things I love about this beautifully written book. Now, Yvonne, what role does imagination play in all of this? Because, you know, we're, we're old. We're, we're, we're older. We can't you know, use imagination, right? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I, I love that question, and I love imagination. I spent a lot of time as a young girl using my imagination quite wildly, as a matter of fact, and um, I thank my mother for that because she was great at using her imagination. Uh, well, we use our imagination all day long without even knowing that we're doing it, and we use it most often in the way of of what if this happens? What if that happens? Oh, my goodness, what if she says this or what if he does that? And it's that scenario that we often let our mind linger in. And, but still, we're, that's using your imagination because it's not real. So imagination is a powerful tool for writing a story a mental story that you can create within your mind. So if we can create all kinds of scenarios about, oh, my gosh, if I go to the airport, what happens if my flight is canceled and then I'll miss my meeting and then my job is in jeopardy? And you see how we start to spin. We just go on this big, big track. So I use imagination in a really conscious, positive way. And I do that. There's a piece in in the book. It's, um, It's part of the essentials, and it's called, the super solution process. And in step four, I do what's called a mindful check. And in step three, we do a a spotlighting. So in all of those steps, it's about using our imagination to create the outcome that we desire. The key to this is, and I state this in my book quite often, is to use the imagination in a way that you want the scenario to go, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like meditation, it's like a storytelling, guided meditation, self-meditation. The one thing I want to add to that is that if an outcome doesn't end up being exactly what we want, remain open to what will show up. 
So if we can disconnect our emotions that are attached to the outcome, we will still remain open to what will show up. And then we can use our imagination to process that as well. So, you know, what happens when we're about six or seven is we get that message, stop daydreaming, quit wasting time, quit fooling around, and we shut down our imagination. So we only use it as from an unresourceful sense. So I incorporate that into the book in a very positive, powerful way, using imagination to create what it is that you choose and want. Yep, and folks, if you use that imagination instead of worrying, your life is going to be so, so much better. Um, Yvonne, we've got interesting uh, societal issues going on at the present moment here in the United States. We do. And actually worldwide, too. What can women do for themselves and maybe even for each other to kind of relieve that pent-up anger um, that stress that's out there so that we can come back to center and be. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would say this for all of us, and that is, we. Ha- I, it sounds so simple, take a deep breath and ask yourself, am I judging that person? Because judgment is turmoil to the mind, and it doesn't do mm-hmm. any good. In fact, it, it stalemates everything that we're trying to do. So just take a breath. Ask yourself, am I judging? And if the answer is yes, then just repeat to yourself, judge not. That's just a functional thing you can do every day. It's a practice, just like gratitude is a practice. Judge not is a practice as well. Some of the functional things that we can do is, and I love to do this, is um, organize what I call a sisterhood of like-minded women and share your challenges and devise a network for bringing awareness to those challenges. You know, just like you and I talked earlier about the difference between pay. You know, we Mm -hmm. need to kind of address some of those things. Or if, you know, get a group of women together, I don't know, once a month, once a week, whatever works for your schedule, Uh, read the book, read a different book, but share what it is your experiences are because I've found that when women get together, they're extremely resourceful and they are really helpful about uh, devising a plan and a system that could be helpful to others. So with that, you know, set your goals, set your intention behind why you want this group to come together, mm-hmm. and then make it happen. And it's a really, you know, it's, it's going back to the, the, the tribal, the village, that aspect of life. And we've forgotten that. We're so isolated now, and technology has taken over so much of what we do, and that we, haven't, we don't connect with our sisters anymore like we used to. And, it, and I come from a really big family, and I had a really powerful, strong, independent mother. And she mm-hmm. always taught us, you know, connect with your sisters. It's important. And, and we're not excluding men. There's just something very magical and potent that happens when women get together and support one another. I mean, we need men in the picture as well, but I'm just saying carve out that time for your sisters. Yeah, and then you can interact with men on a different level. Absolutely. And And together, you know, know, we're we're all together. Yeah. Yeah, raise the consciousness of everybody. Now, you know, we're also in a spiritual revolution right now. Um, I'm an intuitive, so I use intuition every day. implore people to use their intuition. What are your thoughts on that and how can we use our intuition and our spiritual side to break up with the busy? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I'm going to go back again to intuition and uh, that is you've got to practice it 
and you've got to nurture it and you've got to allow it to expand and come through because I do believe we all have the ability to be to to use our intuition in a powerful way mm-hmm. and it's about tapping into that now if you don't have the belief if you don't believe in that it's that's not going to happen and that's a whole different conversation that we could have all around that um, but using my intuition I can speak for what I've done is it, it allows me to connect with my that inner voice, which is I call, you know, the connection with source or intuition, however you want to phrase it. And it's a powerful tool for gaining clarity, igniting inspiration, and honestly relieving tension and mindfully attuning to the positive aspects Uh of any situation. You know, and I even Uh go so far as I have my clients place their hand over their heart, and I say take a deep breath. And just listen to what your heart is feeling. Get out of your brain and move your awareness, attention, and energy to your heart and listen to what it says because your heart will always tell you the truth. And I believe that's where the intuition, my intuition, is, is mm-hmm. you know, really powerful and potent. potent. Mm-hmm. Um, and a belief and faith in something beyond myself has opened up my mind and heart and I think that when we do that we can live a life with more kindness more gratitude love compassion empathy all of that allows us to be in that place um, and expand our capabilities you know it allows us to look at life through a different lens and I think that's important to connect with that part of ourselves but we have to be quiet to be able to do that we have to listen yeah and use our imagination because when we put that hand over the heart, you don't get anything. Just make it up because if you yes. make it up, it's going to be true. It's coming from your subconscious. It's like your yes. subconscious is like, hello, I'm trying to get this message across to you. Well said. Well said. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, Beautiful. Um, Eva, we're nearing the end of our time together today. What pearls of wisdom would you like to uh, leave with our listeners today? Oh, goodness. Uh you know, love yourself because that allows you to love others and we're all connected. Slow down and honor all of you, all of everything that you are. Slow down and keep your big picture front and center. So important. And take three minutes a day and meditate on what you want to bring into your life. I mean, I have a lot more, but those would be mm-hmm. the things I would be most want people to do okay. for themselves. Okay, because we've got to do it for yourself before you do it for someone else. That's right. Um, The book is available everywhere. Breaking up with busy, go get it. It's going to help you shift the energy of your life. You know, you're always saying you want to change. Well, this is one step toward changing. Well, Yvonne, and to the listeners, I am gracious, and I really thank you for being with me tonight as we collectively get over it and break up with busy. The defining me honors the defining you. Um, when you, folks, when you're ready to live a more balanced life, you know, give me a call. Intuitive consultations, 30 minutes or longer, are offered at a 10% discount if you mention the podcast. Love yourself enough to make an investment in yourself and make that call. 888-240-6057. And remember, the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of breaking up with busy. Up under blessings, light, and love to all. Namaste.